welcome to the Leaders Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Amar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. Now with our expert series, or I'll call it today, sexpert series, I have an amazing person. Her name is Janelle. She is a tantra, yoga, and intimacy sexpert. After extensive training in both Thailand and India, Janelle also launched the O-Factors LLC, which is a holistic process of spiritual and sensual embodiment, whereby she merges all of the passions and teachings into one power, powerful modality, which was motivated in part by Janelle's mentor, Tony Robbins. Everybody else's mentor as well. I know, ever the planet. (laughs) Danelle encourages a healthier, shame-free view around sensuality and helps entrepreneurs live that outstanding, orgasmic life in and out of the bedroom. She also hopes hosts global international intimacy retreats with her with partner Dakota Mays. With that being said, welcome to the Leaders Life Podcast, Janelle. Thanks so much for having me. Such a long intro. I need to shorten that. <laughs> no, you're fine. This was great. At least so but we got the listeners get to know who Janelle is. But why don't you elaborate in your own words what I said in the intro of what exactly does Janelle do and what about what's she about? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. I know like we connected and I was just So stoked to be here and a part of what you're doing, you know, leaders and the leadership field. I believe truly it's the most important field that you could educate yourself in and that you could, you know, take content in because it doesn't matter where you came from in life. If you're a leader, I was telling my son this on the way to school, if you can influence people, you can be successful at anything you do. And so I firmly believe that's the most powerful superpower that we can have. So it's an honor to be here. Yeah, um, my work's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, like what I get to do, but I just help people remove blockages that most of the time come in the form of shame, stigma, a lot of maybe trauma, unfortunately, that that's hindering their sexuality, their intimacy and their relationship life. And I help people, like you said, I help them to experience deeper connection, lasting, passionate, orgasmic relationships. And like, who doesn't want that? Right. Right. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I know. So my work's for everyone. And it's interesting that people, we talked a little bit off camera that, you know, people have hangups in this topic. And so it's really fun to do this work. Yeah. And so how I do the work is super fun. I work with global luxury retreats. So if you want to come experience this five day sensory immersive process that I take you into yourself on a really intimate level. Yeah, we do those. We do them all over the world, but mostly in Mexico. And then I do masterminds for women, just private ones. Women sometimes have a harder time opening up sexually and even admitting that they have challenges. So I found that when I bring a small group of women together, that is like the magic ticket. You know, I could do more because I could make more money, right? But I keep it three to seven women who want to really kind of dive deep into the hangouts that they have around sex. And then I work one-on-one. Mostly my clients are men in that department. And then I have some online courses too, for people that are like, I can't afford you, but I want to learn. And yeah, so that's what I do. That is great, great introduction. And I love what you do, especially helping out. I mean, at the end of the day, what you're doing is helping, helping couples or individuals better their sex life. Essentially, yes, absolutely. Intimacy and sex life. And you'll see that like, what's interesting and you know, you're married, like what plays out in the relationship what goes on in the relationship outside of the bedroom plays out inside of the bedroom. And it's huge connect and oftentimes a huge disconnect. (laughs) And so we want, like, I tell people this all the time. I say, most couples will tell me I'm not having sex, you know, or people married or my wife gives me a blowjob a year, whatever the, whatever the case may be. I don't know what we can say on here, but you can say whatever you okay. want, <laughs> whatever you want, Janelle, okay. this is, so, you know, this is candid. there's okay. no, there's no beep, beep, okay. Okay. Great, stuff. Great. don't you worry, be yourself. Let's have fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll tell me that. And then I, and I just kind of sit back and I say, wow, that's interesting. And then they say, well, why? And they say, well, because the intimate, like the sexual intimacy, sex is the only thing that's differentiating your relationship from any other relationship in the world that you have. 
your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your aunties, uncles, children, coworkers, friends, all of those can be intimate relationships. But the only thing that differentiates the relationship with your spouse or your sexual partner is sex. So if you're not having it, you have a roommate. I love that you said roommate. That is absolutely the best, best way to say that because I've heard that. Like I've, I'm in, you know, as we spoke offline, like I'm a mentor for Rob Dial and the coaches. And you hear a lot of that. You hear, mm-hmm. you know, in their personal life, it's like, hey, there are, you know, we got our wedding vows. Everything was good. Now we're married. And now we don't, we don't, we're not as intimate as we used to be. Mm-hmm. And which comes to this question that I have to ask you because a lot of women, because you said you work with women. And my question to you is, why is it that you are so comfortable to talk about intimacy and pleasure and orgasms where in today's day, women seem like it's taboo. It's embarrassing. We don't talk about this. We should not be talking about this type of stuff. Why is it considered taboo to talk about sex? Well, that's super simple. It's taboo. It's considered taboo to talk about sex because most of us grew up with some kind of religious dogmatic upbringing. And now I'm, I, I'm not here to smash on, you know, people's personal faith or personal beliefs. I I believe in all that. I believe that there's an energy greater than us. I believe that there's some kind of God or deity, if you will. I'm not, I'm certainly not here to talk religion today, but I think that what's, religion has done is it's it's really adultered the minds of the planet because we've been taught no matter how if you grew up catholic christian mormon islamic every path you tell me and i know a lot of them no most of them there is a shame that is connected to sex and sexuality unless it's done in the confines of marriage And again, I'm not here to talk about beliefs or what you should or should not do. But what I am saying is I know that shame is the lowest of vibrations on the planet. You know, David Hawkins calibrated energy. I don't know if you're familiar with David Mm -hmm. Hawkins. I am. Right. So he calibrated energy and consciousness and the lowest level of frequency, if you will, because everything's frequency is shame, shame and guilt. It's hate, all that stuff. It's higher. Because with hate and all those things, there's some kind of action that's motivated. Shame and guilt are the lowest. And so when you think that majority of the planet was raised with some kind of shame attached to their sexuality from some kind of religious upbringing, because most people have been raised in some kind of faith, correct? Some kind of spiritual path. So you have, you know, I don't know, 7 billion people. We'll just say, we'll just say that we'll say a billion grew up like without any kind of faith, which I think is probably not true, but so we'll just say we have seven, seven billion people on the planet that grew up with a conditioning and a programming that sex equals shame. And therein lies the problem for almost every type of issue that people are facing around intimacy and sex today, I believe quite well, that act that answers the question. So then you said shame. And I see that and I hear that like, you know, a lot is like, hey, I'm shamed or I'm embarrassed. I don't want my partner to think that I've been around or I'm experienced. I'm just kind of scared to let my guard down. And I'm using air quotes. Yeah. yeah. Now, (laughs) what can you talk about that? You know, (laughs) as as women, especially it's different for women and for men. But trust me, men have a level of shame and disconnect from their that's connected rather with sexuality. So they have that as well. The disconnect comes in their body, but the root of it is still shame, but it just manifests differently for men. This manifests in issues with ED, you know, or premature ejaculation. Cause most men's first time, their first sexual encounter was not good. <laughs> it was something most of the time I see with clients, it was something done very secretive, masturbating with Playboy, depending on what generation now, you don't need Playboy, you just need your phone and you know free access of, of, of porn anywhere. So their first experience with their genitals and masturbation or what I like to call solo self-pleasure was negative. They were rushed. The parents were in the other room or you know, it was the babysitter or whatever, you know, so it was a negative experience and it was 
oh, I, I can't do this. I'm going to get caught. How many of you, the first time you masturbated, just ask yourself this, whoever watching, did it in the living room in front of your family and was like, hey, everyone, this is happening or went to church and was like, all right, I'm going to just in youth group tonight, I'm going to, you know, take out my genitals and go like, nobody did that. And I'm not encouraging you to do that either. But I'm also saying that most people, most men and women, both their first sexual experience was done in a rushed, hurried, I'm going to get caught a shameful kind of, those were the thoughts that were running through your head. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, I love, yeah. I mean, brought back some memories. Yes. Ah, I'm sure this is some older, no. older memories, right? But it's, no, that's a very powerful response because you're absolutely right. I think when it comes down to it, it's like, it's new. And then when you, and like anything else in life, we, we can always remember the negative over the positive and we'll Correct. stick we'll, and we'll have that just play in our head. So now, right now, let's just say there's a couple out. There's a couple out there right now. They want to spice up their sex life. Mm -hmm. They want to be a little bit more just hot in the bedroom, I'll say. What is your tip to that, per that guy, that girl that wants to just impress their partner? However, they just don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, this is such a, it's, a, it's such a complex question because, you know, we're dealing with, I talk a lot about this a lot in my work. We're dealing with two adults who have, have a lot of sexual baggage, meaning they have some shame that conditioning that they're dealing with some more so than others, depending on the faith or what religious background two individuals have. Right. And then you add that in with a myriad of some baggage, probably in most cases, more for men than women, sexual, meaning sexual partners and things like that. And then you have, you know, this idea of like, oh, this feeling that I have with my partner or my husband or wife is going to be there forever. That charge that oh, I want to get in, like, I want to get in their pants. I can't wait to get home and fuck them. I can't wait to see them for women. When is he going to text? I don't know. He hasn't called in the beginning of the relationship. And we think that that's always going to be there, but there's the law of entropy and atrophy. The what? That, the <laughs> law of entropy, the law of atrophy that says that it's basically like what you don't use, you eventually lose. That everything deteriorates, that everything goes from like, you know, when we're young, we've got rip vessels. And then as time goes by, if we're not constantly working out, going against gravity, everything's going to start sagging. And, you know, we're both the same age, you know, so it's like, we got to make sure we're getting our gains and our reps. And it's the same thing in relationships. People don't think about that. They'll have a coach for everything else in the world. But when they think about like, how do I bring physical and sexual intimacy into my marriage or into my long-term relationship? They never think like they think about, let me go see a therapist. Well, a therapist is like just talk therapy. And I don't want to down on therapists, but it's fairly useless for the most part. You know, if you want someone, if you just want someone to spit your ideas out and to be a sounding board and listen, great. But as far as actually evoking change, therapy isn't going to really help your relationship. The only way you're going to help your relationship is to understand how relationships thrive and how they die. And that comes down to the laws of sexual polarity. And then anytime you're doing work in relationships, if you're not, if you're not using your body and your body and senses aren't involved, then that stuff's going to go away. You're not going to, you're not going to have change. So when you talk about spicing up the bedroom, you have to go back to like the basics of like spicing up yourself. Like how are you, how's your relationship to sexuality? How's your relationship to self-pleasure? Like you have to fix that first before you can even bring two people together and try to fix that. Because remember, relationships don't end for lack of love. They always end for lack of sexual polarity. You can love someone, but you don't want to fuck them. You know, you, you can be the mother of your children and you absolutely have love for them and respect them and you die for them, but you're not turned on by them. But that's, that, that's, that is not like, that is the law of entropy, but you can do things to fix that but people don't do it. You're right. And I love that what you said about the therapy, because I agree like therapy, I always say that there's nothing wrong with therapy, but therapy helps you get over the past where like yourself, the sexpert, you'll help move forward in better things where like it focuses on the past, get over the past therapy, 
And, you know, kind of what you do and coaches, what they do is that they, as I said, worry about fixing everything going forward. So yeah. now, Janelle, you mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you are so confident. You, your content is amazing. What you put Thank out you. there. However, you are not always this way. No, 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 no. I was and not. <laughs> yes. So what got you into this field? Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people like some of the greatest healers had the most tragic or traumatic stories. And unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, rather, that was my case. You know, I grew up a product of the system, the foster system, and I got placed into a very well-meaning, but overzealous, fundamental, what I consider a cult. When I, when you shut out the outside world and live by your own set of rules and don't took input from anything else, that's a cult because you're not like, you're not in engrossed in the rest of the world. And how can you be a functioning citizen of the world if you don't even know how the world works because you're living by your own set of rules and you are not engaging in the rest of the world. And so I grew up that way. And I would say very similar to like Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, that type of vibe. And it's very, um, anytime you go extreme with anything like that, it can be extremely detrimental. And it was for me coming out of the hurt and trauma that I experienced being in the foster system. I was already like had all that working against me as a young child, as a baby, things that, you know, no one should ever have to go through. And I experienced very young and then going into that environment of like this religious cult that everything was shame and bad and all the stuff that I talked about in the beginning. So I grew up with that upbringing and I wanted to get out of it. Like I wanted to get out of my own skin. I always tell people like, I just felt so disconnected. That's the best word. And when you feel disconnected from the whole of you, that is you, it's a very lonely path and it's a path of destruction. For me, I never got addicted to drugs or alcohol. In fact, I've really never experienced much of any of them, even with just drinking. But my addiction was, (laughs) I wanted to be loved. My addiction was men. And so I looked to men to fulfill that emptiness inside of me that I had from growing up, um, just needing to be loved and needing to be significant and needing to be a part of something. And I got into, fell into the hands of a pimp and worked in Vegas in the strip clubs, dancing for on and off for a decade. And, uh, you know, finally was able to get out of that life after very extreme, extreme circumstances, like had to fake my own death. And I moved to Thailand in an ashram. And that's where I studied Tantra for a year and really started to integrate back into my body. And that's how I started this journey back in 2012. Wow. Janelle, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I I love that first of that you're honest and vulnerable, like about this, you just, you know, brought up that you were working for a pimp for a decade and you had to fake your death. Yes. You leave and flee. Yes. Essentially is what you did. Yes. Yes. So I understand. I always tell people, I say, I understand sexuality in a whole way that most people don't simply because I worked in the strip clubs in Vegas for so long and some of the top ones really around the world, you know, Miami, Dallas, San Antonio, um, New York, all the, all the great, the really top clubs. And so I understood, like, I had this really like perverted view of sexuality because of the trauma and stuff I experienced as a young, as a child and a baby really. And then I moved on to, you know, adulthood where, you know, I went from sex to God. And then I went from God back to sex, which is like Tantra is the path of like all the all-inclusive path. It doesn't look at sex as something bad. It just looks at sex as something to be used to get you closer to God. It's like a path of energy, a path of using energy to create intimacy, intimacy with yourself and intimacy with God or whoever you subscribe to. And so it's a full circle when people say, well, what qualifies you? I'm like, well, I've seen every aspect of sexuality you can imagine. And I understand what trips people up. And most of the time I can say, I've been there. I've experienced that. The only things I can't really say are like, I'm not a man. So I don't really know like fully like how that works, but I tell, I'm telling you, I know more than most men do about their penis. Like I understand how it works and I understand how why they're having erectile dysfunction, why 
they're, you know, the average man lasts five to seven minutes, five to seven minutes. Like we've been on this podcast, like, I don't know how long, 20. So, you know, like imagine the intro, it's already over. <laughs> so now you're saying, okay, like the average male lasts five to seven minutes, right? Yes. Now for women is let's just get all the myths and all the yeah, stuff out of there right now. Is, is there, do women want a good, like freaking rocket one hour, like just bam, slam, just relaxing, play the music? Or is it like the, you know, the Minuteman? Like, what is it? Is there a happy medium somewhere? Like, what do you women want? Well, women want presence more than anything. And presence is directed, connected, focused energy at them. Nothing else. Women don't get that today. They're competing with cell phones and sports and football and drinking beer with the homies because they're, you know, tired from the long work week. So when you talk about like, it's not about the duration, it's about the quality. Most women don't want it to last more than five to seven minutes. I mean, they would because it takes a woman 20 to 40 minutes to have the potential to reach orgasm. But remember, most women are in orgasmic about 30 some percent of women do not orgasm at all, like ever in their entire life. And 70 some percent can only orgasm through clitoral stimulation, which is really sad because that is the most masculine of orgasms there are. There's so many deeper ones that women can have. So how sex is going now? Yeah, women are satisfied with five to seven because they're like, I'm never gonna have an orgasm anyway. And the one I'm gonna be having is so quickly, it's so fleeting, it goes up and then it comes down. And they don't feel connected to you. I say all the time, we have two adult bodies. They're like giant masturbation toys, giant dildos, just using each other to masturbate. That's really what sex has become today. There's no more intimacy. There's like, okay. And it's obligatory most of the time for women because they don't want to have sex with you the way they're having it. Now, if you learn intimacy and Tantra and you know how to like get a woman open and how to get her, how to get her in her body. She's having like, she's orgasming before you even touch her. And then you're like, connect, like now she wants to have sex with you for an hour, but the way we're doing it now, no, she's probably like, God, five minutes is too long. Yes. I love that answer. Thank you so much for shooting it straight because that that's something that I've heard it. And like one of my good, good friends, Abby, she's a manifestation coach. And she actually says, it's great. She does these posts where she says, Hey, don't forget to masturbate today. Partner is optional. Mm-hmm. And she says that because kind of like what you said earlier about, you know, you got to take care of yourself at the same time. You need to know what it is. However, you don't want, like people can sometimes because enjoy the actual, you know, masturbating on themselves over sex. Where my next question to you is, do you think porn actually hurts the sexual, I guess, intimacy in a relationship or does it benefit it? Because I've heard mixed reviews. I think that, I mean, you have to look at the science. I always say like, Mm -hmm. in what I teach, it's a science. It's a science of polarity. It's a science of understanding what makes a relationship, what attracts a relationship, what makes it fizzle, what brings it back together and what keeps that traction like going. Cause like you say, you have two magnets. If you hold them too close together, they connect, right? You don't really want that. You want there to always be little tension like this. So that all the time there's like, Oh, I'm attracted, but you're not too close. And if you do so close, you've got to come back. So it's a science. What I teach is really scientific. And a lot of guys really like it because they're like, oh, I can understand this. This is logical. Like I can't understand all the emotional because Ben's brains just don't work like that. So when you talk about like, you know, porn, I'm so used to talking about this on social media. And so I always say prawn. (laughs) So if you can't say that like word, I'm like, why do I want to say prawn? When you talk about porn, you have to look at the science and what it's doing to the brain. You're creating circumstances that are fabricated and, you know, made for fantasy and made for, you know, getting the mind to start to create alternate realities. However, what happens is men become addicted to that hit of that new face and of that new yoni is the Sanskrit word for vagina and that new, like, what's how, like, 
how is he going to spread on her this time? Like, it's just a new thing. And then they, they go looking for these scenarios and for, and oftentimes these women's bodies are not like what you would see your regular body and, you know, regular woman, you know, here in LA where I live, like everyone kind of looks like that. So it's a different area in OC, but like the rest of the world doesn't, women don't look like that. So now you're training men to have this addiction to those types of scenarios I'm sorry, most men are not going to have threesomes, you know, they're just not, they're like, that's probably not in the cards for them. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like porn is creating this addiction to that next hit. It's a dopamine hit. What's going to happen next? How many girls is it going to be? What's her Yoni going to look like? Uh, And then they need that to get an erection and to get off. And then you take those men and insert them in a real world with a real woman and they try to date and they try to have sex and eggplant doesn't work. The penis doesn't work. And then they're like, I don't understand why I have ED. It's like, you don't <laughs> really? God, You've been is- jacking out to porn for decades. You don't get it? <laughs> like they get with a real woman. They don't even know what to do. It's because they live in a fantasy world. Yeah. And they've conditioned, remember, we, if you do any work in NLP or any kind of personal development, you condition your brain and your mind to act a certain way to certain scenarios and situations. It's all conditioning. So they have, you know, synapses have wired together and fired to get fired together and wired together that put this association with sex and pleasure and orgasm. So if they don't have that scenario, it's like, ugh, it's not working anymore right? Yep. Something's wrong with me. No, nothing's wrong with you. Porn's what's wrong with you, dude. <laughs> like you've got to kick the, the habit. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that because I've heard, you know, over and over and, you know, through just educating myself is that the porn actually does, you know, does hurt a relationship when you are watching it and then trying to mimic it in the bedroom. You said it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, guys will get turned on because it's not that image. It's not that. Yeah. So I think that like, this is always like me. I always think outside the box with everything when it comes to sex and relationships. It's like, I think if couples were really using porn, like, oh, we've been together like 15, 20 years. Let's spice it up. Let's see, like, this might be exciting. And it's like an occasional thing. And they're actually showing porn where women are actually worshipped and put on a pedestal there's a few small companies out there and i don't even know if they survived because nobody watches that porn where it's like an edification of the woman the woman is really like it's almost like a romance novel you know like it's all like beautifully shot and cinematic like it's just like very erotic but like artistic porn and those those companies are out there i think there's one or two and they're run by women you know, and you're bringing that in and this is useful to you guys, you know, spicing things up a little bit. Like I don't have a problem with that. And no one's getting addicted to it. We're not like, this is like, you know, a couple times a year kind of oh, let's spice it up. Let's have mom, you know, parents vacation, no kids. Let's go wild and explore. Like these things I'm okay with, but it doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Nope, it doesn't. And yeah, thank you so much for that explanation about that. And I'm sure a lot of people benefited from that. So that was awesome. But I do want to switch gears because I saw something on your social media, on your Instagram. <laughs> oh gosh, and- I'm, I'm worried. There's oh, so no, 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 no. This is good. This is awesome, actually. This is awesome. And my wife saw it and she was like, oh my God, that is, I've heard about this. It's awesome where you and your partner were sitting together. Oh, yab-yum. The yabium. Yes. I wrote yes. down right here. Yes. The yabium. Yes. So I'm going to explain it in my view. And then I want you okay. to obviously. Do yes. It. Yes. So my wife was familiar from this. I don't know how she heard about it. So we just, we did it. Probably just, TikTok. Oh, probably TikTok. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Oh God. I love it. Yeah. So where, you know, she'll sit like uh, it, it's, you know, it was just closed. It wasn't like naked or anything, but she'll sit like, you know, put her legs out there and then we'll face that way. But it was such a, I want to say comfortable comfortable position. And it was like, I didn't want to move. It was great. And the word I'm going to say that I felt was connection. Yeah. Connection was the word. So please, 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 please. Because as I said, my wife was like, Oh my God, this this is freaking awesome. Can you please explain about Yabium and 
why my wife was like, you know, loving it and why people should try it because it's on your social media. I want everybody to check it out. So please elaborate. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure you'll connect them with my page so they can go. Absolutely. We'll have all that in the show notes. Yeah. Yum Yum is like, you know, it's, I was doing an interview somewhere. I don't remember. And I was talking about this practice. It's the pinnacle of like anything intimate you'll ever experience in your life. It's, it's deeper than sex. Even I've personally had some of my most profound experiences of my life were in Yab Yum. And I birthed my son naturally, which was pretty profound as well. But so what happens in this posture is it's, it's a merging of two people. And a lot of times, and that's what marriage does supposedly, but people are like, we take two people and become one. And I'm always like, well, how, how is this process happening? No one ever talks about it. It's just, you take two separate people and you throw them into a house. You maybe sometimes merge accounts. Maybe there's a kid involved, another kid here and there. You have a couple kids and that's how you're merging. Okay. That's more like an experiment. If you call, if you ask me, I don't really know if that's like emerging. And so what we do in the Tantra practice, and if you attend one of my retreats, you'll be doing this with, with your partner. And if you came alone with other people who came alone, you'll be experiencing this deep level of connection is we facilitate that merging. And so what happens is the man sits down, like you described, and he just is fully present in his body. And he tunes into like a godlike consciousness, which is what a lot of men haven't done today. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to step into that. I because, that. yes, because godlike consciousness means unwavering, unchanging, focused presence in your body. Like there's no moving. Like, you know, what are those things that they move like forklifts? Like a forklift could move you. You know, like you're okay. just, un- you're grounded, you're unmovable, unshakable, you're omnipresent, a godlike consciousness, which you have that in you. And so then the woman sees that and it's like, whoa, for a woman, if a man displays that, she's auto- automatically opens up. She's like, oh my God, this is like this energy that I've always wanted to experience and I've never been able to find it. I've been looking for it in men. I've been searching. I think it's, I call it different things. I think it's like, he shows me how he loves me by how many flowers he brings or how big of a wedding ring and all those things. But in the end, women are still unhappy and it's because they're searching for more. They're searching for presence, God-like presence. So the man's there. So the woman opens up and she sits on top of him and sort of melts and molds and like surrenders into his embrace, which you'll see in the videos, right? And it's like this beautifully aligned connection of, the feminine opening, surrendering, getting up control and just sort of melting into the man. And then in this process becomes like, because what happens if you understand like chakras or energy centers, the energy centers are like pulling back and forth. It's like, I think I have it here. Yeah. I have it here in my statue. So it's like this. Let me see if I can get it in. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. You got to send me that photo. Send me a photo of that. Yeah. I want to definitely post it as well. That is Absolutely. awesome. I don't even know you could do that. So oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we sell these. So, or you can use maybe better yet. One of, uh, I can send you one of like Joel and I, it's a great one too. Oh like my God. Yeah. Picture. Yes. I want so one. So the energy centers are, they're like moving back and forth. So they're okay. aligned from root to crown. And because you're embracing in the lap, the energy centers align. And the last one is the forehead. Like when you come down in the forehead mm-hmm. touch, it's an opening of the mind. And so for the first time, people feel like you said, they're like, I just felt so connected. And mind you, people do this with like people they haven't met. Like they didn't come with these partners and they're doing this with other people that they met five days ago. And they're like, I've never felt so close in my life to anyone other than you. And so it's this beautiful, like presence and surrender. And that like vulnerability leads to connection and intimacy. It just does. So in that position, the woman's really vulnerable and like she surrenders to the man. And so you can do this before, during, and after lovemaking. Of course, if you're doing it with, you know, with like a partner, a husband, a wife, sexual partner, and then you take it there sexually, it's going to be even more intense, obviously, than with your clothes on. But we have people who do this at our retreats and they say it was like, the best experience of their life. Now with this guy that you see me in the pictures with the guy with the braids. Yes. Like we've never been sexual. Get out of here. No, 
I did not know that. I just thought, I mean, that's. Uh, We have, trust me, we have a very, very intimate connection and, you know, who knows what the future holds, but like for us, we have this very deep spiritual, energetic, emotional connection is a little too strong for him because he's never had anything like that before. But so when people see that, they think like, wow, oh, those guys have fucked for sure. And when I tell people we have it, and I do it on purpose, not to air our dirty laundry out there like that, but so for people to understand, like, and those pictures that you see, we only knew each other for a month in that wow. time. And so when I tell you that, like my practice creates intimacy and vulnerability, like we, he was telling me he loved, like he loved me, would die for me a couple months in. And I was saying, I'm still like in crazy in love with him. And our relationship is like this beautiful exchange of like spiritual growth and like emotional intimacy. And we haven't gone there sexually yet, but the point is I want people to understand that is possible through the practice of Tantra through what I teach. Yes. Thank you so much. I love that you said that because as I said, I, it, for me, just my experience doing that, Janelle, with my wife, we, it wasn't sexual at all. Like it wasn't a, it was more of that connection, but that connection, as you just said, the powerful word. And I always, I say this to the coaches I mentor, and I always say that the hardest thing to do is to surrender. And I love that you said that because from there, when you surrender, you feel safe. And Mm -hmm. when you feel safe, as you said, you are vulnerable and then you can increase the, you know, your intimacy better that way. So yes, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, Wanted to ask you a question about sex drive. So there's a listener out there right now or listeners that they want to have that. They want to have that sexual relationship. They want to, but they say, I just don't have that sex drive. I'm working all day. I come home and then my partner just wants, you know, to have sex, but I'm just exhausted, but I want to, but I'm just exhausted. I don't Mm -hmm. have the drive. What do you say to that person? There's so many, like there's, is this a man or a woman or just genderless? I'm going to, I'm going to say the guy comes home and the woman just does not have the sex drive. Yeah. There's so much to unpack here. This is why I do the masterminds with women. We go Mm -hmm. through the sexual archetypes based on the first four chakras. Most of them are really blocked in the first and second. And so, and then the third one is overly pronounced, which is the more masculine energy. And the fourth is totally blocked. And that's the heart that's surrender. So it's, it's my best program. I'm obsessed with it. It doesn't like, I just love it. Cause I love seeing the transformation in women. Like I should charge so much more for it, but I don't. I'm like every, I know, I told like, you, you need to, she's, I'm she's like, awesome. dude, I feel like I should be charging more. Cause it's like eight weeks and you get the best of me, but probably next year, everything's going up guys. All right. So get in this year. <laughs> like you but yeah. So for women, it has to do with a lot of things. One, And we'll just address the more gross and then we'll go up to the, like the less physical hormones do change and they shift and that's, it is normal, but you also have to look at someone like myself, who's 41 and my partners that I date, you know, the guy in the video is 25. The other guy, my ex is 26. I date guys 15 years younger than me and they can't keep up with my sexual drive. So when you say, oh, it's my hormones, I've had kids. Well, so have I. So you can fix this. And first of so, and then again, it's about the conditioning around sex and it's obligatory and they're not getting pleasure out of it. So they don't want to do it. They feel disconnected. They don't feel any presence from their partner. So why would they want to push through? And I'm not saying that I'm not tired as a mom. I do everything. I raised a seven-year-old alone. I live in Newport beach. This is an extremely expensive, affluent area mm-hmm. to live. I manage an international business. I have an nonprofit. Like I do a lot of shit too. I get tired. I'm with you. I'm not saying I don't get tired, but I never miss an opportunity to have sex and connect with my partner. Cause to me it's fuel. If it's done right, it will refuel you and give you more energy. And I teach something called, you know, orgasmic manifestation where you use your sexual energy to create what you want. So the problem is with most women, they're disconnected from their husbands or partners. They don't feel he's present with them. They've been slaving away with the kids all day, or maybe even worse working. Then they come home. And the last thing they want to think about doing is a solid five to seven minutes where they're not having any fun. And they're just having to connect, be underneath a guy that they feel disconnected from. It's like another fucking job. You're like, dude, I just got off work or I just loaded the dishwasher and put the babies to, to sleep. And now I just clock in for another job, five to seven minutes of you. 
And a lot of times guys are overweight, out of shape, and they're heavy breathing, and women aren't attracted to that. And the other way, it goes the other way too. A lot of times the wife let themselves go and, um, and he doesn't really want to fuck her, but he wants to get laid because men can't live without sex and women can't live without presence. So we have problems here. Men so, cannot oh, live without sex and women cannot live without presence. I love that. It's true. So we got, we have to fix so many things. We have to fix, you know, what we're putting into our body, how women are moving, the emotional programming, uh, you know, the disconnect that they have with their partners or husband. And then, you know, then we haven't even talked about like trauma and all this other stuff from their past. And, you know, I think it's one out of every four women I feel has experienced some kind of rape or the numbers always fluctuating, but you know, it's not a priority. Listen, people, this is like the simplest thing in the world. You've heard it before. I don't know who said it, but people do what they want to do. It's just easy. Like at the end of the day, if you want to have sex with your partner, you're going to do it and you're going to show up in your body. That's the problem. Women show up to sex. They're not in their body. Their body is somewhere else. They're like not in their body. I mean, their body is there physically. It's like a, one of those sex dolls, but they're not there. They're mentally gone. They're emotionally thinking about their trainer or the guy that has been texting on Facebook. You know, it's true. Women have emotional affairs and have physical ones. They're just, that's why I say it's two adults using each other to masturbate. The physical bodies, there's like a blow-up doll. The wife's reminds with Facebook hottie, or she's thinking about, God, I have to make this and I have to do Sally's homework tomorrow. Like she's not there. Her mind is going, going. It's gone. Going, going, emotionally, she's not there. Just two disconnected people using each other to get off. Well, at least the one person is, because we know most women aren't orgasming. We've talked about this. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's just, for, I guess for me, like, because divorce is what, 55%, right? It's that, yeah, it's fluctuating. It's vacillating between 44 and 55%. It goes up and down. The last time I checked, it was 44. It was probably changed now. <laughs> and I saw another thing, as I said, I, I, if there's one thing I want everybody to get out of this, this podcast episode is to check out Janelle's content because I love it. Like that's what, that's where a lot of these questions are coming from, but uh, you spoke about why men cheat. Mm. Can you elaborate on why Janelle thinks the sexpert on why men cheat? Yeah. I mean, there's like a few reasons. Sometimes you have, I always like to get out the basic ones. You have men that they're just going to cheat regardless. It's something that was broken in them, was never really fixed. They're going to cheat. You could be the perfect person and they're just going to cheat, you know, unfortunately. So once we get those people, those people out of the way, men are pretty simple. You know, if, if they're turned down again and again and again and again for sex, eventually they're just going to go seeking it because like I said, men can't live without sex. So if they're being turned down at home, eventually they're going to go find it somewhere else. Because to them, sex is a spiritual experience. It's, it's the way that they are releasing like their energy into a woman. So it's like, we look at men like, oh, they just stick it in someone and go. But for them, it's, it's a spiritual experience. It's like, I'm giving you my energy. And if you're married and you're trying to catch my DNA, that's a big freaking deal, right? Mm-hmm. Don't just go around passing out your energy and DNA to people on the streets. Right? So. Right. <laughs> like I use strong words because I want people to understand this and get the picture of what sex is, like how it's a fueling for a man. And so if they're not getting it, they're going to go elsewhere. Another big thing for men is if they don't feel like, you know, men will do it sometimes just for a variety. And that's a little, this is a hard one for people in faith-based communities and really people in any community to swallow is that oftentimes I'm going to go against what I just said. It's not necessarily emotional. It's just a matter of like today I had oatmeal tomorrow. I want to have, you know, avocado toast. And then the next day I'm interested in, you know, scrambled eggs or a healthy omelet. The following day, I want to have a croissant, you know, like it's just a preference. And so men tend to like variety. Now, the more alpha the man, the more testosterone, the more high value, meaning high value, his height, his body weight, 
his credit card, his bank account, and all these things, how successful he is, the higher all those things are, the more options he has. And oftentimes, the more he wants to exercise those options, meaning like, I, you know, grew up like say, you know, yourself, maybe you weren't always successful and you came from, you know, I don't know, a less, a poorer family. And, you know, you worked your way to the top. You always didn't have, you always weren't fit. Maybe you were kind of let yourself go, but then you get into your mid thirties and your bank accounts padded, your body's built, you know, you're tall, athletic guy, you're not married. Even if you are married, your value as a man goes up. Women's value, unfortunately goes down. Like according to many people in like the red pill community, I'm, you know, 40, 41, whatever. And I've hit the wall. Like, there's no more hope for me. Can you imagine that? Like, there's no more hope for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I give right. people like the most orgasmic pleasure of their life and there's no more hope for me. But so women's are value depreciates. Men can have children until they die. Women cannot. Barring medical miracles and even still past a certain time, just saying in the cards, right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, men are cheating because they, they just want variety and it's an option for them. Now, the lower value, the man, the less options they have, they probably, so I just tell a woman, if you want a man to be faithful to you, date a low value man, date like a more beta male who doesn't have very many options, maybe doesn't make that much money, but he will love you and probably stay faithful to you. Probably your chances of a less value man who's more beta he's going to be faithful to you. Unfortunately for me, I don't go for those guys. <laughs> I'm like, my, my ex was six, eight, you know, 26, eight pack, dimples, great eggplant. And I just like, I'm like, what are I, why am I doing this? I'm setting myself up for failure, you know? But to me, sexual polarity is the strongest component when you're choosing a partner. They- it doesn't, this is what I want to say to your listeners. It doesn't grow. You can't be like, I'm not really attracted to her, but she checks all the other lists and let's just see how this goes. And I'll probably think she's hot in five years. No, in five years, she's going to look worse. Probably the, how you met your wife or your girlfriend, just, just picture that in your mind and take a long fucking memory of that. Like take a long picture because she's probably not going to look better. Women get worse with age unless they do something about it. Let me just say, which you can't. Well, what can some of that woman right now? I love that you said that because there's that woman right now that feels that way right now. I know. Like, I am, like you said earlier, I'm letting everything sag. I am getting older. I am not being myself. I may not have my sex drive. You know, I'm ugly. What's the first step you think that they need to just kind of turn it around because you just said it yourself. Rejection is pretty much the reason why men cheat. They want to get their set. They want to fill their cup and they're not getting it filled. And therefore they're going out for other options. Yeah. It's not personal. It's rare that a man leaves his wife or a mistress. And most of the time, if that happens, that relationship doesn't last quite very long. There's always outliers. I happen to be one, but so, but just as a rule of thumb, don't worry about that. He's going to come back to you. He loves you. If he's, if, if, if he stepped out, it was, his needs weren't being met or on the rare occasion that he just wants variety. Cause he's super high value. Now, if you date a high value man or you're married to a high value man, you better know that going into the game and be prepared to keep yourself up. Thankfully, if you're with the high value man who makes a lot of money, then you have the resources to do it. You can hire trainers. You can do this stuff. You can get a little help from doctors here and there, a little stem cell, all this. There's so much stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. But to answer your initial question, if you're having those thoughts, like you got to love, like you have to learn how to have this, like, I don't know. I've gone through this and because, you know, I've experienced this and being cheated on and feeling not valued and not worth, like you have to have this like moment where you look yourself in the mirror and you're just like, dude. I fucking love you. Like you're, you're all I've got. Like, and I get emotional even thinking about it because it's such a raw conversation. Like I came into this world with you, I'm leaving with you and I fucking love you like period. And then from there you have to develop like this radical fucking self-love. Like to me, like a a lot of people don't like me. (laughs) A lot of people online say a lot of really bad things about me and they don't like me. They don't like this work because I go against the norms of, of what is 
taboo. taboo. I, like I started yeah. the very first question I asked you. Taboo. Yes. Taboo I to talk about sex, Janelle. What's wrong with you? I tell people that if you're with a high value man, he's probably going to cheat, you know? And I tell him you should stay with him. And so like people don't like that. So at the end of the day, like you have to have this, like, if you don't love you, why would your husband love you? That's why the really fuck is anyone else going to love you? If you don't even like you or love you. I love that. I love that you say that. I say that all the time to people in their businesses. I'm like, if you don't believe in yourself, what makes you think your clients are going to believe in yourself? Correct. And you're saying the same thing. And I love that you said pretty much affirmations, mm-hmm. like look in the mirror and, and start talking good to yourself because we start beat doing the that. shit out of each other. Like I can beat myself up. Amar, you're a fucking moron. Amar, you're stupid. Like, why did you Whatever. do Whatever. It's easy to do that. It's harder to do the work. It's easy. That's why people want to be a victim because it's so much easier to be a victim. People are like, oh, I feel so bad for you. You went through so much. Don't feel bad for me. Like I'm living my life. I love this. I don't ever clock into anyone. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I'm dating 25 year olds that are six, eight. Are you kidding me? Like my life's <laughs> fucking good, dude. Don't feel bad for me. I'm having the best sex of my life. My son gets to be around athletes. My son's fathers are all, you know, semi-pro basketball players. My son's going to be one himself. So he gets to be around all these athletes. And I'm just, you know, like the thing is, like you said, if you don't believe and love yourself, you can't expect anyone else to. And it goes with sex too. Like women expect for men to get them off, but they don't even know how to get themselves off. You got to practice that with you. That's why when people are like, well, how does it work? Can I come alone? Are you going to pair me up with someone? No, intimacy is an inside job, fool. You got to build this shit with you first. I'm not pairing oh you God. up. People like think I'm a dating agency or I'm a madam. No, I'm not pairing you up with no one. I'm pairing you up with yourself. This is passion, by the way, everybody. This is passion. This is what I'm talking about. This is why, you know, why she's on this podcast right here. It's a I, I'm learning a lot just from this. This is this is it's, awesome. It's an obsession I have, dear. It's an obsession. I have to tell you, I have no business training. I had no high school when I started. I went back to college because. I didn't know how I was supposed to make money for my son. When I left Thailand, I had a newborn. I was living in a garage in Newport beach. I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I'd never been taught. Remember I grew up just in this little cult. So I had no clue. I had a skill, but I was like, I don't, and I'd stripped. I was like, I couldn't figure out what to do. So I went back to college and the only thing, cause like I could get supportive services from the government and the state to help yeah. get like, just I'm very honest about my journey. Like I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, okay. If I go back to school, I can maybe learn something. I can buy me some time till I figure out how to get on my feet. How do I have to take care of this, my kid, you know? And the only thing that came good out of college was I learned how to speak. I took, a, I took calm because calm was easy, right? I took communication classes and I don't think parents should necessarily send their kids to college, but I think that they should all be required to take a semester of communications and speech. I agree with you a million percent. Because like everything else is bullshit, but that, this is why I'm here today. I learned how to speak. I learned how to argue with conviction and to have sound valid arguments that weren't emotional. And I learned how to be confident when I was speaking. And that is what developed the skill set for me to do what I do today. I didn't, I never had an investor that put money in. I've never spent an advertise a dollar on advertising simply because they won't approve any of my damn ads anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, nowhere. Everything I've done is being from myself, putting myself on social media and adding massive value to my clients. And like you said, I'm passionate as fuck because it's an obsession for me because I've been through so much pain. I don't want people to go through that. Like I want them to have like, like these connections, like you see on Instagram, you think that we were together. Like that's right. You feel that. Mm-hmm. I want people to feel that. Cause when you feel that, I don't want to just have another, like a nor like imagine having a regular relationship after that. Like I told him, I said, you never fucked my body, but you penetrated my soul. Which is much more powerful. Which is much more powerful. He's 25. He's like, what the fuck do I do with you this You keep woman? saying that. Stop saying that. 25. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But he's like, dude, like this is, imagine you're only 25 and like you have someone like me in your life and you've never experienced this. It's just like a lot, right? To like, mm-hmm. just take in and be like, go back to when you were 25. If I was in your life, how would you feel? Oh my God. I would 
I would be bragging shit. I mean, yeah. you know, got myself a mill. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Mama Milk, that's my nickname. But the thing is, like, it's an obsession for people to feel to, to experience this. Cause because remember, life is a series of how we connect with other people and the way we feel every single day. That's mm-hmm. life. Our emotions and the quality of our relationships. That's it. And if I can put those two things together for you and give you the most in-depth, connected, emotional, sexual, orgasmic, spiritual experiences of your life, that's a drug. It's a free drug. It is. And wow, you know, that just, I like what you said also that's resonating is that like, you know, you've been through a lot and your mess is your message. Yes. That's what it comes down to. And Something that uh, you brought up as far as like intensifying, you know, your sex life and the lotus plant. Are you familiar at all with the lotus plant? Because you do seem a little yes, woo. Yes. You're a little woo. No, woo-woo, I right? do. I have it tattooed on me. So I know. You do? Shut up. Oh my God. So can you do me? Because what is your take on the lotus plant? Because I'm going to be very honest with you. I love it. That is yeah. why I'm bringing it up to you. And of, of course you got a tattoo. That's awesome. I figured you yeah. just, you're even 10 times more better than expected. <laughs> so can you please, because just tell everybody who does not know where the Lotus, what a Lotus plant is, what it does and how beneficial it could be to your relationship. Yeah. So the Lotus flower is, it's interesting. Flower, I grew up flower, in, yes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. grew up in Southeast Asia. I grew up in Bangkok, in Thailand and I did my training there and they grow there. They're indigenous to there. So like there's, if, if you've ever understood how rice grows, it grows like in these like plantations that kind of yes. these like rice fields, right? And then the rice is like this mud and it's not like, it's not a beautiful condition. It's water, mud, rain, offspring of rivers and things. It's not like the gross conditions. And it's in these areas that these lotus flowers, they, they, come out of that most like really kind of nasty condition of mud and shit and just overflow of rivers. And from it grows this like indestructible like plant. It's like a pod. And then in, it's almost like its own vase. And then in the vase, out of the vase, lotus leaves comes the flower. And it's this beautiful, beautiful like analogy of like out of the shit in the mud of your life blossoms this beautiful you know site and so the lotus flower that's kind of you know why i got it that is why i got it tattooed on me many years ago and yeah with the om symbol at the top and fire around it just like coming out of that so and it it intensifies the sex life doesn't it i mean yes yeah there's i mean there's the thing is the body is like responds so much to senses and and we forget about all of the senses when we're engaging in intimacy we forget that like well oh there's the smell and like there's the taste and there's like the sound and there's certain lightings and certain things like we just go straight for like the foreplay we've always done and then sex and we know it's over in five minutes. So what we do when we come to the retreat is we create a sensory experience for you where all five of your senses are involved every single day. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is my last question. I want to wrap this up, Janelle, because you just brought up foreplay. And once again, with her amazing content, (laughs) you talk about oral sex. How, in your opinion, is it, you know, how does oral sex benefit a relationship? I mean, I know the easy answer for me, but I just want to know why do you just, what's your take on oral sex and how often or how important is it in a relationship? There we go. That's a question. I'm like, like blushing <laughs> as I'm like, asking this question. I'm just like, oh, like, wait, how do I go there? Yeah. How do I even ask this question? Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Why is oral sex important in a relationship? Oral sex is a great, it's a great tool for both men and women. You have to remember everything comes down to polarity. So poles of energy, positive and negative poles. And for the man, you know, the positive pole for him is the penis. And for the woman, it's the vagina, which we call the yoni. So the lingam and the yoni. And, and then for women, 
her negative pole is her like fourth chakra right here in the center of her chest, her heart, chest area. And for men, his negative pole is, wait, did I say that wrong? Hold on. Let you're me good, go back and do this. You're good. Yeah. So for men, the positive pole is the penis. I, and then the negative is the chest. I did it wrong. My bad. For women, the positive is the chest and the yoni is the negative. Does that make sense? So yes. It goes back got and forth. it. So yep, I had to, I was like, wait a minute, there's no polarity. I'm like, what's happening? So for, for most men, they go straight to oral sex on the woman, on the yoni which is remember that's her, it's her negative pole. So in order to get that fired, we have to open this area and then move to the yoni. Now for men, their positive pole is their lingam. So oral sex for them is great. So for men, they need to have a lot of oral sex. Like it's a great way to get them open for women. It's better to open this area and then move to that part of oral sex. The problem is that women don't, understand how important it is to a man to experience that. So it goes beyond the pleasure because we're talking about polarity. Now you're basically charging. It's like your iPhone. Like if you try to use it and it hasn't been charged and it's not plugged up, it's not going to work. But the minute you like charge this phone, then it's going to work. So it's the same thing with the men and like sexual polarity. When you're giving them a blowjob you're basically charging, that's their positive pole. So you're like charging them to get ready for them to have sex, right? So right. it's really useful. Now for women, oral sex is important. It's just how it's done. And a lot of men don't know what they're doing with that. And they'll follow porn or some weird, like, I don't know, blog or something. They read something weird advice. I don't understand. Like stuff guys tell me they do. I'm like, where do you hear this? Like, who told you this was good? <laughs> So I think for men, it's like, we have to re-educate ourselves on what a woman really likes. You have to also be able to have these, what we call adult conversations and talk to your partner about what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what you're doing on her orally probably doesn't feel good. Or she'd be asking for it more. It's just honest. Right. Right. For women, it's a little easier for women. It's not that hard to give a man a blowjob. There are certain things that women need to work on doing more and less of and understanding that the man's lingam is more than just the tip of the head of the penis. Like we have to focus on more, but yeah, I think it, I do feel like men have a greater challenge in this to understand because women are so complex. Our sexual anatomy is internal mostly. And for men, it's on the outside. So it's pretty much so cut and dry, right? Like, you know, what's happening with that. Yeah. We, yeah. we're pretty simple. We don't come with instructions. No, it's like, <laughs> feed you, fuck you and respect you. <laughs> yes. Janelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your hand. And I want you, first off, this was, this was an amazing, 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 amazing interview. I love every, your take on everything. And I do want to also just throw in there, like Janelle is an amazing, amazing mother of a amazing seven-year-old boy. And we were talking before line, I'm a twins of an eight-year, I have twins, eight-year-old boy, girl. A lot. And I know, uh, but the cool thing, what I love about this, and I just, I want to give you your flowers right here is that she's a mother. That's her priority. That's her number one responsibility. She's told me that I've seen it like that's badass, but she's also a mother and enjoying her sex life. She's mm-hmm. not using her child as the excuse. She's not using that as even it's hard. I know how hard it it's is. Hard. To, yeah, it can be. Yeah. But you don't do that. So I just yeah. wanted to let you know that I see and I know how awesome you are as a parent and how you're doing and what you're doing over here to give back to those relationships that are struggling, that need that intimacy, but just don't know what to do. And here you are over here dropping these nuggets, dropping this fire. So I just want to thank you so much. And also, please, please, please tell the listeners because Janelle has a lot of events coming up. She has a waiting list for a few of them because obviously you can see how how awesome she is. So Janelle, please, 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 please tell everybody how they can find you, what you have going on. And I will also include it in the show notes. So please, please, please. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much for that. Yes, women, it's no excuse because you've had a child. Like if you're a couple weeks out, I understand that, you know, even a couple months, I'll give you that. But after that, like you got to just make time and you got to work with your body, let your body work for you and prioritize intimacy, or you'll find that you just won't have it. And then maybe you won't have that relationship either. So it is 
months. It is detrimental. You can find me on theofactorswithans.com. From there, it'll take you to my retreat page. We have a New Year's retreat coming up, a Valentine's Day one. That one, you know, good luck getting in that one. But yes, yeah, so there, I think you're, you're going to post my Instagram and all that yes, stuff. And gonna, I'll have that. Content. I'll have, yeah, yes. All that in yeah. the show notes. And you're saying that you have an event on New Year's, you have an event on Valentine's, and then we'll just Day. keep and we'll just keep keep posted or keep you posted on the events. And then if anything, also what I'll do is if anything updates, I can always put your events in my show notes to go in yeah. there just to make sure that we we promote what you're going on. Because as I said, this is very important in every relationship. Nobody really talks about it. And that's why I'm just so, so privileged to have you on here, Janelle. So thank you. Thank Yay, you. Yay. It was awesome. I'll have to come back for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up and listening. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever, ever miss out and share this with your family, friends, and tribes. And if you think this is valuable information, tag me at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? I hope you all have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Thank you.